Thank you, Sheila. We shall rise. Good theme for life, good theme for Easter. Um, Easter continues. So glad you're here. Uh, we're discovering Jesus again today. Amazing. Um, on the road to Emmaus. Um, so here's a song called The Risen Christ. We're glad you're here on this uh, third Sunday of Easter. Uh, the Risen Christ, uh, words by an Anglican priest up in Canada who said I could use his lyrics. The Risen Christ. who walks on wounded feet from garden tomb through darkened city street unlocks the door of grief despair and fear and speaks a word of peace to all who hear a risen Christ who stands with wounded side Breathes out his spirit on them to abide. Whose faith still wavers, who dare not believe. New grace, new strength, new purpose they receive. New hope among us, alive inside, gives us the strength to carry on and let this love abide. Christ who breaks with wounded hand the bread for those who fail to understand reveals himself despite their lingering tears and flames their hearts then quickly disappears new hope among us alive inside gives us the strength to carry on and let this love abide. May we Christ's body walk and serve and stand with those oppressed in this and every land till all are blessed and can a blessing be restored in Christ to true humanity. New hope among us, alive inside, gives us the strength to carry on and let this love abide. New hope among us, alive inside, gives us the strength to carry on and let this love abide. Good morning. good morning welcome to worship it's good that we are here together thanks for being here um, our opening hymn is gather us in we should have sang it a few minutes earlier we're missing a few this morning but i'm assuming you're online so we're waved all those people online welcome thank you to everyone who's here the uh, altar guild beat us here this morning as you can see the table is set hearkening us forth to share in the Feast of Victory of our God, the bread and wine of Holy Communion. You also see around the, table, around the baptismal font uh, 13 crosses, as we have 13 new members joining our congregation uh, this morning. So a joyful day for us as the Easter celebration continues. The order of service is printed in your bulletin. Everything will be projected for you as well. So if it's comfortable now, I'd invite you to stand. Gathered in God's house, we worship. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our opening song, Gather Us In. If you happen to be reading out of that red hymnal, verses 1, 3, and 4. Thank you. 
continue with our litany, our responsive reading for this morning. I will show you a more excellent way. Love. Love is kind. Love is not boastful or arrogant or rude. Love is not irritable or resentful. Love rejoices in truth. Love believes all things. Love endures. Love never ends. greatest of these is love. To God be the glory. We sing our hymn of praise, Open the Eyes of My Heart. Teach us about yourself that we may better understand the necessity of your death for us and the promise of your life with us. Thank you, O Christ, that you have not left us and that we can know you in the breaking of bread. We pray in the name that is above all others, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. <laughs> the Easter Gospel is from the 24th chapter of Luke. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, what things? They replied, the things about Jesus of Nazareth, 
who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priest and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucify him. But we had hoped that he was one of that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Pam. In case, uh, in case you didn't hear what she said, or in case you have other modes of uh, receiving information, we're going to do Luke 24 again, but this time with music. Um, we have a couple of refrains to sing, um, and they will be appearing on the wall like that one. Um, and you'll... Uh, they start with, uh, you'll notice a silent spot, and then you just jump right in. Um, so it's called A Reason to Believe. follow open our eyes that we might see open our eyes that we might follow and believe we had hoped he was the one to redeem the people Israel we had hoped and we had prayed but on that day we were dismayed open our eyes that we might follow, open our eyes that we might see, open our eyes that we might follow and believe. Then the women were telling us about all that they had seen. The tomb was empty, an angel said he's alive. Open our eyes that we might follow, open our eyes that we might see, open our eyes that we might follow and believe. You call us foolish, slow of heart, just who are you to say? Your stories, they've filled our hearts, please tell us more, you must say.
now we recognize you, Jesus. Now you're gone from earthly sight, but in our hearts you are the flame. You open our eyes, now we can follow. You open our hearts, now we can see. And in our lives you give a reason to believe. And in our lives you give a reason to believe. A reason to believe. Thank you, uh, thank you, Carl. Thank you, Ron. Thank you, Sheila. Carl's going to sing at the end of the sermon as well, so you have that to look forward to, no matter what happens in the next 15 minutes. <laughs> Thank you for being here once again. You probably uh, recognize, you may have recognized in that responsive reading that began the service, that uh, came from 1 Corinthians 13, known as the love chapter. I will show you a still more excellent way, the Apostle Paul writes, love. Love is patient, love is kind, love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. Love never ends. Now faith, hope, and love abide these three, and the greatest of these is love. This morning, as you just heard from Pamela, we are on the road, on the road to Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. It's the third Sunday of Easter, but we're not making a lot of progress here. You see, it is still Easter in the text that we just heard. And the good news of Easter, you know the good news, he has risen. risen yeah, not everyone knew that yet. Not everyone had experienced that yet. Most did not understand that. The disciples back in Jerusalem were locked behind closed doors. And some of the followers of Jesus, like those on the road to Emmaus, had decided to just get out of town. What would you have done? If you were a follower of Jesus, would you have been more likely to lock down or get out of town? You see, Jerusalem was a dangerous place to be. And those followers of Jesus, they had wasted enough time. They had witnessed his crucifixion from afar, and it was clear now that this Jesus chapter in their lives was over. It was time to move on, and they were doing so. Now, in this sermon, we're going to be looking at threes and fours. Faith, hope, and love, these three, and the greatest of these is love. Faith, hope, and love, those are the big three. Now, we are people of faith. Our faith is important to us. We have faith in a God that we'll never understand. We have faith in a God who cannot be proven. We have faith in a God who is often painfully silent, so much sometimes that we wonder if God hears our prayers or even cares. But yet we are people of faith, and our faith is what brings us to church this morning. But we know from our own lives and from the consistent witness of the biblical story that faith always has its twin present. The twin's name is doubt. Wherever faith is present, be assured that doubt is nearby. Peter had the faith to walk on water, but when he did, he was surrounded by violent water and the threat of death. And logically, he knew that humans cannot walk on water. His lips spoke confidently of faith, but sitting on his shoulder that day, yeah, was the other twin. Whispering in his ear, and doubt set in, and Peter sank like a rock. We are people of faith, but the eyes of faith sometimes grow dim. When darkness or grief overtakes us, the eyes of faith can grow dim. The eyes of faith are easily filled with tears. And our faith, well, to be honest, it's shaky at best, is it not? 
The big three, faith, hope, and love, the greatest of these is love. We are people of hope. Now, in the book of Acts, we find Paul and Silas in the Greek city of Philippi. And they get themselves in trouble. What do they do? They cast out a demon, and that upsets the local economy. And so they are dragged before a judge. They are stripped of their clothing. They are beaten with rods. And as you see, they are thrown in jail. And the jailkeeper was ordered to keep them securely there. So he put their feet in stocks and locked them in solitary confinement. Now in the darkest part of the night, Paul and Silas began praying loudly prayers and singing hymns of praise to God. You see, their hope would not be dashed by beatings or nakedness or peril. And then what happened? There was an earthquake and the walls of the cell collapsed and the prison doors opened and the jail keeper who had now failed his command for him all hope was lost so he took out his sword to end his life it was then that Paul called out through the darkness and chaos with a loud voice saying do not harm yourself we're still here we're not gonna leave trembling the jailer dropped his sword he fell at their feet and they told them about Jesus. The jailer tended to their wounds that night and he was baptized and they broke bread together. People of hope. People of hope can pray and sing hymns through the darkest hours of life. People without hope cannot survive. Those who lose hope tend to lose their lives. We are people of hope, but our hope can be dashed, can it not? Our hope, like our faith, is sometimes fragile, frail, or absent altogether. Faith, hope, and love, these three, the big three, and the greatest of these is love. You see, love is the greatest of the big three, and we're told in Scripture that God is love. That's how God is defined. God is love. Love never ends. We recognize God in love and the love we see in Jesus, but also in the love that we see in one another. And this love, it's not like faith and it's not like hope. Faith and hope cannot be commanded. I cannot command you to have faith and I cannot command you to have hope. Faith and hope are not choices but love this love that the Bible talks about is a choice it's a choice to be made each and every day every hour Jesus made the choice and that choice would lead him ultimately to the cross this love is not about feelings or passion or romance this love is about foot washing taking the form of a servant caring for the least, the lost, and the lonely. This love is a choice. Faith, hope, and love, these three. The greatest of these is love. That's the threes. Got it? Now we'll move on to the fours. We're going to look at the Easter stories that we've been dwelling in the last two weeks. And in doing so, we're going to discover two four-word phrases that reflect the human condition and we will discover two four-word phrases that will give us courage and hope to face our uncertain tomorrows. These are our Easter four-by-fours. Four sayings from Easter, four words each. Now, the first words are those of Jesus. It was still early on that first Easter. In fact, it was still dark. Mary Magdalene had come alone to the tomb, only to find that the tomb had been opened and it was now empty. And to her, it seemed that Jesus would not even find peace, even in his death. You see, Mary assumed that someone had stolen his body. But then suddenly, Jesus is standing behind her. She turns towards him with tears cascading off her cheeks. She's unable to recognize him. And that's when Jesus said to her, why are you weeping? 
four words. The first of our four by four. Four words. Why are you weeping? Why? Isn't it obvious? Because her friend, her master, her rabbi, the one who had shown her compassion and love, was dead. And now someone had desecrated his grave and stolen his body. That was the reason for her weeping at this moment in her life. But of course, she had wept before and she would weep again. Why are you weeping? Because it's a part of the human experience. Just as laughing is a part of the human experience. We weep. That's what humans do. You know, you don't have to teach a baby. There are a lot of things you might have to teach a baby, but you don't need to teach a baby how to laugh, do you? Or how to cry. They arrive pretty able to do both of those things, do they not? Why do we weep? We weep because we love. We weep because we are frail and we are fragile and we are most of the time hopelessly out of control in our lives. Now, I'm guessing that most of you in the sanctuary and those online have spent time weeping this week, this month, this year, since the pandemic locked us down and kept us away from our loved ones and friends and trips and life. Why are you weeping? Four words. Why are you weeping? Four simple words that tell us so much about what it means to be human. Now, our next four-word saying comes also with a twin. Two four-word sayings that are repeated over and over and over and over again in the Bible. They're very simple words spoken pretty much every time God reached out to those who were created in the image of God. Two sayings, four words each. The first, do not be afraid. Four words, do not be afraid. Why does Jesus speak these words to Mary Magdalene on that first Easter morning? You know, because she was afraid. Why do angels use that line repeatedly? Because humans are by nature afraid. You know, the word angel literally means messenger. Angels are nothing more than God's messengers, delivering God's word to humans. You know, God's kind of busy. You know, billions of stars, hundreds of thousands of earths out there. It can be hard to personally get around to everyone. So God sends angels. God sends messengers. And the word that they speak always begins the same way. Do not be afraid. Why? Because if an angel appeared to you or to me, we'd be so afraid we would not hear what that angel had to say. God understands the human condition. God understands that you are afraid, that you are afraid, that you're whatever. You're troubled by the unrest in our country. You're afraid of running out of money. You're afraid for your children or your grandchildren. You're afraid of losing love. You're afraid of losing your independence or your marbles or your mobility. You see, God knows that you are afraid. Afraid of dying? Afraid of living. God knows us better than we know ourselves. God knows that we are little children who are afraid of the dark. And into that fear, God says, do not be afraid. You do not need to be afraid. Now, the third four-by-four four word from God goes right with that. It's to people who are shamed and guilt-ridden and humiliated and embarrassed, and it's four words, and it's peace be with you. God's word, peace be with you. You may find peace hard to find. You may not be at peace with yourself or your family or your workplace, but God offers you peace. And we need to hear this. We need to overcome the voices of shame. We need to hear God's words and let grace drown out the noise of self-righteous, religious people who sit in judgment of us. Peace. Shalom. God wishes you no harm. God offers you peace. And finally, from the Easter story that was just shared a few minutes ago, four words from weary followers of Jesus, spoken to them on this Emmaus road. 
But we had hoped. But we had hoped. The implication here is that they had lost hope, is it not? Faith, hope, and love abide these three, and the greatest of these is love. Our faith is shaky. Our hope is easily lost. But we had hoped, they said. But we had hoped. And this is the heart of human pathos, this poignant, tragic, sad, that events in life lead poor humans to lose hope. And it's hard to live without hope. In fact, those without hope tend not to live at all. But we had hoped. And if you want to complete those sentence, that sentence, yeah, it's almost too painful to do it. The words tear at a scab of our disappointment. But we had hoped. We had hoped that our marriage would last. We had hoped that our child could overcome depression. We had hoped that the golden years would actually be golden. We had hoped that the cancer treatment would work. We had hoped to live in a world without war. We had hoped Great American novelist, story writer, and journalist, Ernest Hemingway, sat at a bar one night, not unusual for him, and he was challenged that night to write a dramatic, profound, short story using only six words. Could he do it? Hemingway puffed on his cigar, he put down his scotch, he picked up a pencil and a bar napkin, and on that bar napkin he wrote, baby shoes for sale, never worn. And so he captured the human story, a journey of pain where tomorrow's dreams are often lost in today's tragedy. We had hoped to have a baby. We had hoped. Those without hope live lives devoid of joy, Darkness is their companion. The future holds no wonder. Those who lose hope tend not to survive. And it was true for Hemingway, who lost hope at the age of 61 and took his life. Judas lost hope. Unable to escape his shame, he lost his life. So why? Why are you weeping? Because our faith is weak, because our future is uncertain, because hope is hard to come by. Now faith, hope, and love abide these three, and the greatest of these is love. Why are you weeping? Well, we had hoped that Jesus would be the one. And on that day in Emmaus, he stayed with them on that Easter 2,000 years ago. He joined them at their table at what was thought to be a safe distance from the chaotic violence of Jerusalem. He stayed with them, and then he took the bread, and he blessed it, and he broke it, and he gave it to them. Do not be afraid. Peace be with you. And in that moment, they recognized Jesus, and their hope was restored, and their shaky faith was fortified, and now they mustered enough courage to return back to Jerusalem. That's the story. What troubles you, my friends? What thoughts render your nights sleepless? What regrets haunt you in quiet moments? Have you lost hope? Have you lost faith? Can you find courage to face one more day? Why are you weeping? What hopes lie wasted in your human story? We had hoped. Don't you see, this is not your story. No, what is it? It's our story. It's our shared story. And we are in this together. And Jesus stays with us. And today, what does Jesus do? He invites you. He invites all of us to come to the table.
And here in the most basic, common elements, bread and wine, we see the risen Lord. And we hear words that will inspire hope and words that will inspire us to hold on, words that allow us to pray and sing even when we're locked in prison. So hear this now. The words of God to you personally and to us corporately. Peace be with you. Do not be afraid. You are loved, you are forgiven, and you are not alone. And the greatest of these is love. Amen? Blessed is the one who walks in your favor, who loves all your words and hides them like treasure in the darkest place of our desperate heart. They are light, a strong, sure light. Sometimes I call out your name, but I cannot find you. I look for your face, but you are not there. By my sorrows, Lord, lift me to you. Lift me up to your side. Lord of eternity, God of all mercy, look on my fainting soul, keeper of all the stars, friend of the poorest heart, touch me and me. my defender who is against me no one can trouble or harm me if you are my strength all I ask all I desire is to live in your house all my my troubled soul, keeper of all the stars, friend of the poorest heart, touch me and make me a whole, Lord of eternity, God of all mercy. Look on my fainting soul, keeper of all the stars, friend of the poorest heart, touch me and make me seated for the prayers. Pamela is going to lead us in the prayers. Each petition will end, stay with us, Jesus, and our response, and open our hearts to your presence. Let us pray.
called together in the Spirit's embrace, we pray for the mending of God's world. As the resurrected Jesus was revealed to the disciples in moments of confusion, and after it seemed all hope was gone, let the reality of Jesus' presence be made real for us. Through song and story, through prayer and meditation, and through relationships we have with the people of God in this place and other places on our journeys, we give thanks for the presence of Jesus in one another. Let us carry to others Christ's message of grace, hope, and mercy. Wherever we may go, stay with us, Jesus. We pray for the earth. May we have courage, perseverance, and partners in healing environmental excesses that have often been caused by greed or indifference and whose impact has often fallen on communities least responsible for and least able to avoid the consequences. We thank you for the abundant beauty of the earth. Lead us to be good stewards. Stay with us, Jesus. We pray for those in need, for those who seek jobs, shelter, food, health, and love, basic human rights in this world. Meet their needs by your bountiful compassion and our community's renewed commitment to concrete solutions and action. Stay with us, Jesus. We pray for communities affected and ravaged by gun violence. Let us not try to think ourselves into new ways of living. Rather, let us live ourselves into new uh oh. <laughs> let us live ourselves into new ways of thinking and make meaningful reforms that keep families, friends, and communities from the tragic consequences of violent actions with guns. Stay with us, Jesus. We know that there is no division between us in the eyes of our loving God. We pray for all who are ill, physically, mentally, or spiritually, and those who have died. Comfort their loved ones and bless their memory among us and their life with you. Stay with us, Jesus. All these things and whatever else you see that we need, we entrust to your care through Christ our Lord. Amen. Peace of the Lord be with you. Stand up, share the peace. It's peace. Um, according to what they told us yesterday, they're all coming to the next service. So, uh, but Mike Anderson, Diana Bublitz, uh, Heidi Conant, Sue Folkelson, uh, Randy Furness, uh, Lori and Dave Gerlach, uh, Clayton and Bess Granby, uh, Marilyn Kay, Rosemary Martin, Uthorn uh, McLeod, and Becky Wesley. So those, uh, those folks will all be coming at the next service, and hopefully you'll get a chance to meet those people and greet those people at some time, uh, not too far off, uh, hopefully that happens. Um, Deacon Amy's going to come up, but as she comes up, we're going to sing to Doug Rohrbach. Doug sings to us all the time, and he sings to everybody at, at uh, care facilities all year long, and it's his birthday today, and we want to sing to Doug. Happy
A few announcements this morning. Uh, in Sunday Forum, we are continuing our uh, segment on creation care this morning. James Amadon from Circlewood, Camano Island will be here. And Circlewood is a community that strives to live sustainably and to reform their lives around the love and care for God's creation. So really interesting topic. That's at 9.15 this morning in the Fireside Room. And then next Sunday, we welcome back Shailene and Jerry Camry Hogat. They will be here for Sunday Forum, and we're moving it into the sanctuary next week. So 9.15 next Sunday in the sanctuary. As we imagine, there will be a few people here to hear Shailene and Jerry talk. Uh, the topic is opening to God in the both ands of life. So we encourage you to come uh, see Jerry and Shailene next week. And then what else do we have going on? Our youth fundraiser is coming up on May 7th. Tickets go on sale today. So this includes a dinner. We have a really nice dinner planned for you. Um, plated, we'll have the kids serve you at your tables. We'll have some entertainment from the youth and we'll have a few items for auction. I'm really excited about some of these things that have been coming in. So tickets are available in the gym after worship this morning, $20 each, and um, it should be a fantastic night. And this is what's going to help our kids go on all of these incredible trips this summer. We have a lot of great opportunities for our kids to travel and explore and grow in faith, and so this will help us get there. And we thank you for your support. Thank you, uh, Deacon Amy. $20. Anybody know where you can get dinner for $20 anymore? <laughs> Uh, well, and the week after, we'll have a fundraiser to make up for the money we lost on the fundraiser. No, I'm kidding. But $20, goodness gracious, come out and support our kids. We'd encourage you to do that. We said goodbye to Tom Knack. Uh, Miriam was here uh, and her family and a beautiful military service here on uh, Friday. Uh, the flowers from Verna Lawson in honor of Tom. Uh, so we said goodbye to Tom Knack. And this Friday will be a great side service for Lisa Bjork, uh, who is... Uh, longtime member of our church as well. Uh, that'll be down in Tumwater uh, this Friday at 2 o'clock. Uh, lots of announcements there. Uh, anything else, Carl? No, you're good. Uh, so a word about communion. And the word is, all are welcome. All are welcome always. Uh, this is not a Lutheran table. It's the Lord's table. Jesus, the one who met the disciples on the road to Emmaus, mysteriously there, was known in the breaking of bread. And so it is that you are invited today to come forward towards our little Jordan River there. Remember your baptism and see all those crosses that will go around the necks of our new members today. Uh, then hold out your hand, receive the host. Uh, you'll receive the, the, the wafer, the body of Christ. Hold on to it momentarily and then dip it and tinct it into the chalice of your choice, the first chalice of wine, second chalice of grape juice. Uh, we also have gluten-free as well, but you are all welcome. If it's comfortable, I'd invite you to stand. We gather now at a table that welcomed our parents and grandparents. We gather at a table that welcomed the disciples in Emmaus 2,000 years ago. A table that will welcome Christians of a variety of colors and denominations all across the globe. And here we find our unity in the bread and wine, in the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here we experience God's grace. And so we remember a Thursday night in an upper room in Jerusalem. It was Holy Week. It was the night in which he was betrayed. And on this night, our Lord Jesus took the bread and gave thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples and said very strange words, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. And again, after supper, he took the cup and gave thanks. And he gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. As often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, Jesus Christ has promised to be present with us. Let us pray as he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven,
gifts of God, for the people of God, all are welcome. Please come. You may be seated. I had a hammer, I'd a hammer in the morning, I'd a hammer in the evening, all over this land. I'd a hammer out danger, I'd a hammer out warning, I'd a hammer out love between my brothers and my sisters. Oh, Sisters, all over this land. Ooh, if I had a song, I'd sing it in the morning, I'd sing it in the evening, all over this land. I'd sing out danger, I'd sing out warning. I'd sing out love between my brothers and my sisters all over this land. Ooh, well, I've got a hammer and I've got a bell and I've got a song to sing all over this land. It's the hammer of justice it's the bell of freedom it's a song about love between my brothers and my sisters all over this land it's the hammer of justice it's the bell of freedom it's a song about love between my brothers and my sisters all over this land 
would invite you to stand. Now may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you now and always in God's grace. Amen. The service is about to conclude. Your service is about to begin as you head out those doors. And as you go, may God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now to end the service, we're going to go back to that jail cell, back to that Acts text about Paul and Silas. Keep your eyes on the prize.